0: Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in the fourth and final week of a series that we've been calling Unstuck. And here's kind of the big idea of this whole series is that the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. That's the big idea of what we've been talking about over the last 4 weeks is that the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. So, if you are stuck right now in any way shape or form in your life. If you're stuck And maybe you're stuck spiritually in your relationship with God. It's just not moving forward. It feels stagnant. Or maybe you're stuck in some other area of your life, maybe in loneliness or in fear or in shame. Maybe you're stuck in just apathy. Maybe you're just stuck in anxiety. Whatever the case is, I'm telling you the best way to get unstuck is to get on the mission that God has for your life. So what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been trying to talk about some very practical ways that you can get on mission and ultimately get unstuck. And so two weeks ago, we talked about serving, that serving is an incredible way to get unstuck and to get on mission. And then last week, we talked all about reaching, how to reach people that are far from God and sharing your faith. But today, if you're taking notes, we're gonna be talking all about giving, 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 giving. That's what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about giving because I'm telling you, one of the best ways to get unstuck and to get your life on mission is giving. Now, I learned about this principle recently uh, from another pastor. And I actually, uh, one thing that I like to do is I like to build relationships with pastors and specifically pastors that have been in my seat for longer. And so I was talking to a guy that leads a phenomenal church and he's been pastoring this church for 20 years. And he told me, we had a conversation that I'll never forget. He told me, he said, Brian, any time that I get stuck, like any time when I don't have vision and I can't see what God's doing, every single time I just make a decision, I'm gonna give and I'm gonna be generous. And every single time, whenever I give and I'm generous, it's like I can see, it's like I, 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 I can have vision and I have fresh vision. In other words, that anytime I get stuck, I'm generous, and then I get unstuck. And then in Proverbs chapter 11, in verse 25, there's this very interesting passage that says this. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And that that, that phrase there, prosper, I underlined it for a reason. Because that word, it doesn't mean, like, you're gonna get more money. So it doesn't say, like, the generous... That you're just going to get a whole lot more money. That, if you're new here, that's not how we roll. Uh, just so you know, uh, we don't believe in this prosperity gospel. Where, well, like, l- let me put it this way: we don't give to get anything. We give simply to give. Like that's enough. Like we give to give. We don't give to get. And so we don't buy into this prosperity gospel. But that word prosper. In that original language, it means, get this, to be pushed forward. That's what that means. So when you see the phrase, the generous will prosper, another way to translate that is that the, the generous will be pushed forward. In other words, that if you're stuck being generous, And like, like giving that it will push you forward and get you unstuck. Now, here's what I understand that there's a lot of baggage that is around this topic. And some of you, as soon as you heard it, you're like, no, no, I don't want to hear about that. (laughs) And I get it. I get it. Like, I understand there's a lot of kind of, so maybe your natural lean whenever conversations like this arises, like to immediately put up walls and defenses, maybe to put your fingers in your ears and la, 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 or wait till the prayer so then you can leave. Uh, By the way, I'm not praying today. So like, you're going to have to do it in front of my face. And and I get it. I get it. But let me just make this crystal clear right from the jump. Especially if you're here for the first time. Because like, I've been thinking about you a lot, about what's it like to be in your seat today. I want to make this very clear, that I'm not talking about this because we need anything. We don't. We don't need anything. In fact, I am blown away by your generosity. I believe that our church is one of the most generous churches in the whole wide world. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like this is a very, very, very generous church. And like, we don't need anything from you. In fact, we're operating with a ton of margin. Like we're good. And like, and not only that, like we give away like at least 10% of everything that's given. We try to do even more. We just, we, we want to be a generous church and we can only do that because of your generosity. So I want you to know I am blown away by your faithful generosity. So I'm not asking anything from you today. I never have even on Instagram, I have never asked you for anything ever. I've never asked you in our church for anything. So by the way, I would never do that on social media and not in a really weird way. Okay. So some of you are like, what is he talking about? Fake Instagram accounts trying to get money from y'all. Okay. I've never asked you for anything and I never, I'm not starting today. I'm not asking you for anything. I promise, I promise. Today, today has not has it's not for me. It's not for the church. Today is for you. I have no agenda. In this message besides helping you, to help you get unstuck. And I want you to live a life that is on mission. I want you to live the best life that God has for you, a life that in John ten ten, he says is an abundant life, a more and better life than anything that you could ever live, anything other that you can experience. That's what I want desperately for you. And to do that, you cannot get away from giving. In fact... If you look all throughout the Bible and you just do a word search of some of the most used words in the Bible, you will see words like believe, which is a very important word. You will see that belief is used 272 times. That's a lot. Believe is used 272 times. The the word pray, which is important, is used 371 times. Love is is used 741 times. Yes, love is used 741 times. But the word give, which some scholars believe is even like the theme of the Bible, is used 2,161 times. See, it's used a lot. Now, before we talk like practically, which I love to do, I love to talk kind of practically. How do we walk this thing out? Before we get to that, we need to understand that giving is ultimately not about money. And by the way, I don't want you to view this message just through the lens of money. I want you to view it through like like your time, your talents, like your generosity, yes, but like also like your encouragement. Be generous with your encouragement. Be generous, give smiles all the time, your ideas, your creativity. There's so many things that we can give. And so, but you need to understand that giving is not ultimately about money. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six, in verse 19, Jesus says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me read that one more time. Let this sink in deep into your heart, into your mind today. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice the order because it's very important. It's treasure first, then heart. It doesn't say that your treasure follows your heart. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that your money, your resources, your treasure doesn't follow your heart. It says your heart follows your treasure. In other words, that our money and our treasure is connected to our hearts. In other words, there's like this string that goes from our wallet or our purse directly to our hearts. That's why that if your money is in the stock market or it's in cryptocurrency or Dogecoin... Like if that's where your money is, I promise you your heart is connected to that. You're checking the stocks, you're checking everything, you're constantly looking, seeing what's going on. Why? Because your heart is there, not because your heart is there and your money followed it. No, your, your money was there, then your heart followed it. And then just think about like your, your family and like kids' sports. If your money is in kids' sports and soccer clubs and fall ball and cheerleading and all that stuff, I promise you your heart is there. That's why moms go crazy because of the case. If your money, get this, is in Bengals season tickets, your heart is there. I guarantee you care more than other people. Why? Because you're a masochist? No. <laughs> That's somebody who enjoys pain. Um, no. You care more because you got skin in the game, right? And when you ask, it's like, my heart is there. I care so much. So get this. If that applies to all these other areas of our life, what if our money and our treasure is invested in the kingdom of God and building the church? Guess where your heart will be then? Because in verse 21, it says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be there. And see, like one thing that maybe a temptation in any message like this is just sit there and think the church, you, God, God's only after my money. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you right now that God does not want or need your money. He does not. The Bible says in revelation that heaven, that its streets are paved with gold. God is doing all right. You know, like he just is, he's doing okay. And so God does not want or need your money, but don't, but listen, He wants your heart. He wants your heart, and He knows that our hearts are connected to our money. That's because, write this down, here's the big idea of today, because He knows that giving is not about money. Giving is about the heart. Giving is not about money, giving is about the heart. And that's why one of our 10 values as a church, which we have these 10 values that, that really helped kind of answer the question, what makes us uniquely us as a church? And we, these values go into so many of our decisions that we make. And it's kind of like our DNA as a church. And out of all the things that we could choose, because we understand that giving is not about money, it's about the heart, that's why one of our 10 values is that generosity is our privilege. That's it, we wanna make sure that we know that generosity, it's our privilege. This value has nothing to do with money, it has everything to do with the condition and the posture of our heart. Because it's not that I, 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 don't, I don't have to give, I get to give, it's my privilege. And that's why we've made a commitment from day one. I'm talking about from day one, when we didn't know if anybody was gonna show up and we had nothing, like we had no money. And so we just made a decision from day one that we will never guilt or shame you into giving ever. In fact, my favorite giving verse, we made a decision that this is how we're going to take this approach. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God, he loves a cheerful, generosity is my privilege, big smile on my face giver. That is our approach to giving because we truly believe what Jesus says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where he says that it is more blessed. It's better to give than to receive. And I'm telling you, if you are stuck today, if there's any area of your life, especially if you are stuck in your relationship with God, if you're stuck spiritually, one of the best ways to get unstuck and to get on mission is to give. Now for the rest of our time, I want to get very practical and talk about how we can put this into practice. And so I wanna give you, just for the rest of our time, like three very practical ways that we can all give. And here's number one, is to give spontaneously. Give spontaneously. Now this is where you just simply see a need and then you meet a need. And a lot of times that's how a lot of people give. It's I see a need, this pops up, this grips my heart, and then I wanna respond and I wanna give. And you feel led to give. It's like God put something on your heart that's giving spontaneously. This is what happens in Luke chapter 10 in the famous parable that Jesus talked about the good Samaritan. It's when a guy gets beat up and he's left for dead on the side of the road. And this is what happens in Luke chapter 10, verse 33 through 35. After two church people walked right past him. This is what it says in verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So he saw a need and then he met a need, going over to him. The Samaritan sued his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. He was generous with all those things, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next I'm here. Now, this is an incredible biblical example of giving spontaneously. See, because this guy, he never woke up that morning saying, you know what I plan on doing? I am going to find somebody that's beat up and left for dead on the side of the road, and I'm going to take care of all his wounds, and then I'm going to take him to a hotel, and then I'm going to pay the bill, and I'm going to make sure that I'll see it all the way through to the finish line. Like He did not wake up that day thinking about that. He just saw a need And then he met a need. He saw something. God put it on his heart to be able to help, to give. He had the resources and the funds to be able to do it. And he said, let's do it. Let's sit down and help. He had a spiritual radar on so that he could see the needs and he gave spontaneously. And I want to encourage you, let that be part of your giving rhythm. Give spontaneously. I tell you just a very simple thing that you can pray every single day at the start of the day. Just say, God, will you give me your heart? And God, will you give me eyes to see people the way that you see people? I'm telling you, if you pray that prayer and God answers it, you'll see needs. And say, God, will you just help me see? Give me eyes to see. Have your spiritual radar on. So give spontaneously. But, but please, 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 don't only give spontaneously. Because that's one way. But here's the second way that you can give, and that's giving strategically. Give strategically. And this takes giving and generosity to a whole nother level. Because this is where your generosity is not just reactive, it's proactive. It's not just when you see a need and meet a need, it's when before the need even comes, you're already prepared to give. It's when you give, like when you give strategically, something shifts from just what you do and it starts to become who you are, starts to become like part of your vision, your values, your DNA of like how you just live your life. And here's what I found is that I personally could give a whole lot more if I was way more strategic in how I operate things if I strategically planned to give more and to help more people. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse eight, it says this, but generous people, you wanna know about generous people? They plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. And here's what we have to understand is that God, he actually created a system for how to be able to give strategically. And how he did that is something called tithing tithing. And so maybe you've heard of this principle. Maybe you haven't. Maybe this is new. Maybe this is something that you've heard about, but you're not really sure what it is. Let me give you my simplest definition of tithing and what it is, because it really is strategic giving. And it's tithing is returning. It's not really giving, it's returning. The first and best 10% of your income to God through your local church. It's not giving to a church, it's giving to God through your church, which allows him to bless the rest. That's what tithing is. It's returning the first 10% of your income to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says that a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to to the Lord. And here's what we have to understand about tithing is that it's returning, not giving. Because you cannot return what doesn't belong to you in the first place. And it says that that, that, it's, it's, that it belongs to the Lord. It is holy. In other words, that word holy just means set apart. Like you literally, of all the things, you set that apart to the Lord. And here's what I know is that tithing It's really believing and walking in faith that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. And not only that, it's one of the most practical ways to put God first in your life. I'm telling you, for me, there is no more practical way to put God first in my life than tithing. Because here's what we all have to understand is that like, like, God. make no mistake about it, God wants to be first in your life. He doesn't want to be second, third, fourth, fifth. He just doesn't want to be on your list. He wants to be first on your list. And tithing is one of the most practical ways to put God first in your life because the tithe is not just 10% of the tithe, it's the first 10%. That's what the tithe is. It's the first 10%. And here's something that may blow your mind. Even if you're not a tither, you're already tithing. You're tithing somewhere. The first 10% is going somewhere. So maybe you are tithing to your mortgage company. Maybe some of you were tithing to Amazon. I had somebody after the first service, they said, oh, I I tithed to Alta this month. I know I did. I just did. I just, (laughs) my my tithe bought these Jordans. You know, that's just what. (laughs) And so like, you're, you're, you're tithing somewhere. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, it says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. And here's what I've learned. And by the way, let me just say this. Like Heather and I, my wife, who just brilliantly led communion, didn't she everybody? That was awesome. Um, like we've just made a decision from day one that we are going to lead the way in this principle. That, that we're gonna do that. That I would never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. But we also asked, like recently we had a great conversation about like, well, what if God is calling us to to do even more? And we just have like a vision and a plan to just be as generous as we can possibly be. And what if we could go from 10% to 11%? And what if we could go to 12 and then to 13? And like, like, we just have like vision for how we can expand our generosity. But here's what I've learned. Like you cannot do that without some strategy. Like, you're not just gonna accidentally do that. Like, giving like that, it doesn't happen by accident. It takes intentionality and planning and budgeting and good stewardship and all those things. And I just want you to know that if you're at a place where you need help with that, if it's like, I want to do that, my heart is desiring to do that, one, I just wanna encourage you start somewhere. Start somewhere. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. Like start somewhere and then strategically plan to get where you know God wants you to be. That's cool. God's all about the process. Anybody in process wanna say amen to that? Okay. Second, I want you to know that this semester of groups, we're gonna have, and we strategically plan groups around finances, like personal finances. Because some of you are like drowning, like in debt. and I don't even know what to do and how do I, and we wanna help you. And so we have, we have an ability to be able to help you through groups this next semester do that. So be on the lookout. If you need help with that, that could be a great group for you to be in. So how do we give? We give spontaneously, give strategically, and then number three, give sacrificially. That's a third way. If you want to write beside that, just painful offering. Just put that. like. Get. This is where God speaks to you to give sacrificially, extravagantly over and above what your normal giving is. And that's when I promise you, if you kind of go into that, it's when it's very comfort zone, like stretching, like it's way out of my comfort zone and it requires a whole lot of faith, a whole lot of trusting in God. And there's so many examples of this in the Bible. In fact, in the Old Testament, you see King David, who the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart. And he gives an offering that is the equivalent today of 2.1 billion with a B dollars to, to build a temple, to build a place for God to dwell. And then Solomon, his son, when he became king, the normal tradition when a new king came was to be able to sacrifice one bull. I don't know why. I don't get it. But that was the thing. Well, Solomon just said, you know what? I'm gonna bump it up a notch, not to two, not to three, but 8,000 bulls. And so this extravagant, sacrificial gift. But let me share one more that maybe a lot of times we don't think of. This is in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. It says this, it says, Jesus, he sat down near the collection box, like the offering box, in the temple, and watched as the crowds dropped in their money, which I find that hilarious. So the Son of God just is posting up by the offering bucket, being like, You want to give? Uh, just just like somebody puts it in, like, That's it? That's all, you, that's all you got? I find humor in the Bible, but it says that's what Jesus does. He goes and he, he posts up there that it says in verse 42 and Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And I did some research this week of what would kind of be the equivalent, what most scholars would believe that would be. And what most people believe is that those two coins, that it would represent a little under $2 today. So let's just bump that up to $2. So she came and she gave $4 in the offering that day. And then verse 43, listen to Jesus's response. Jesus, he calls everybody over called his, his disciples to him and said, come here, come here, come here, come here, guys. Listen, I'll tell you the truth. That poor widow, you see her? Has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything that she had to Live on. And Jesus says, like those two small coins, the things that you think is insignificant, no, like that is actually a beautiful, extravagant, sacrificial gift that she is giving to me, which proves that he isn't concerned about the amount. He's concerned about the heart. Because giving is not about money it's about the condition of her heart. Now, this week, I was reminded, like preparing for this, of one of my most favorite moments that we've had in our church history. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate three years as a church. And this was for sure top 10 moment for me. And a girl, she came up to me in the lobby before service and It was in a season of our church that we'll we'll actually come into pretty soon called Legacy. And it's where we kind of prepare for this once a year legacy offering that that we do to really give it all away. It's the only like special offering we take all year and it's to give it all away. And so I try to prepare you in advance so that we're not like guilting you into giving and we're doing all these things. Like I try to tell you as far out as we can, like, hey, pray about this and then do whatever God tells you to do. That's always been our, 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 kind of our, our message with giving. It's like, pray, unapologetically, pray, and then do whatever God tells you to do. And um, so this girl, she comes up to me in the lobby, tears in her eyes, this is before church, comes up to me before church, tears in her eyes, crying, holding an envelope. It is kind of shaking a little bit. And she begins to tell me, That she was praying about this legacy offering that we're gonna take and that God spoke to her to be able to give one whole paycheck towards this legacy offering. Talk about a sacrificial gift, a whole paycheck. And I just remember in that moment, it being such a beautiful, pure moment because it was before service. It wasn't at the end, There was no manipulation. There was no, my friend Patty up here playing keys, making it sound all like spiritual and nice in here. None of that. This was before service, before probably the best message she ever heard on giving. Before all that. And like, I want you to understand like the tears in her eyes wasn't because of the amount. It wasn't like her heart was like grieving because of, it's like, I like to peel it from her. You know, like it wasn't, here's what made it so beautiful because it was tears because she heard God. It's like, I prayed for the first time I heard God and now I'm responding to what he told me to do. One of the most beautiful moments in our entire life church. So how do we give? We give spontaneously. We always have our spiritual radars on. We're looking, see a need, meet a need, but that's not it. That's not the only way we give. We also want to give strategically, tithe, and then give when God speaks. We give sacrificially. And I challenge you, especially if you call this church home, to be able to give in all three ways. I promise you it will change your life. And if you're stuck, it will cause you to get unstuck. Now that's how we give. But my question to you today is why do we give? See, I'm a, I'm a why person. Like you can tell me how and what to do all day long, but if I don't connect with the why, I don't, I'm like, no, like tell me why. I wanna know why. Any why people out here? Anybody else like that? Yeah, my people, Okay. And so for me, it's like, it's not enough to just tell me how to do it, but why do we do it? And I started thinking about that question. Why do we give? Why would he ask us to give? And I literally could think about 30 different reasons, but let me just give you a few. One, it's fun. Like God designed giving to be so much fun. That's why he says it's more blessed to be able to give than it is to receive. It's way better on that side. It's so much fun to be able to give. Second, it not only changes other people's lives, it changes you. Like it will, it will change your life. And then three, it takes so much faith. Like giving, especially if you kind of venture into that strategic and that sacrificial giving, it takes so much faith, so much dependence on God, so much trusting in him. And I don't know if you've picked this up in your spiritual journey yet, but that's a really good place to be with God. When you trust him and you need him and I'm dependent upon God each and every day, he's like, I like that. Because it's not just a little side part of your life. Like this is, like you need me. And I'm just telling you, that's a really good place to be. But to me, hands down, here's the number one reason why you should give. Because that's when you're the most like God. That's when you are most like him. Because one of the things I love about God is that he never asks us to do something he hasn't already done and the truth is he's already given the most extravagant sacrificial gift ever and it's John 3:16 listen to this beautiful translation from the passion translation it says for this is how much god loved you and the world he gave his one and only unique son as a gift So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. He loved you so much that he gave a gift of his son, Jesus. And by the way, he gave that extravagant sacrificial gift. And here's what blows me away just for the chance that you would accept it and have a relationship with him. He did it just for the chance because he always will give you and me the choice to receive it. And here's what I know, is that it's so easy to sit in church and to hear that message and just let it bounce off our heart and list. yes, I get it, John three sixteen. I see it at all the ball games. I see it like, you are, yes, I get it. Jesus loves me and he gave, like God loves me and he gave his son Jesus as a gift for me so that I can have a relationship with him. Cool, great, cool, move on. And I think it's so easy for us to kind of approach that and to like miss the magnitude of that statement. And here's what I started thinking about this week is that I have two sons. My wife, Heather and I, we have two little boys. We have Jordan, who's 10 years old, and Caleb, who's seven. This is from their first day of school, pray for us. Um, (laughs) And here's what I want you to see, church. Like, I love you so much. I really do. That's not just lip service. I love you. I pray for you every day. I consider it one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to pastor this church. I love you so much. And I would give up so much for you. I would give a lot for you. And in fact, when we decided when we know that we heard from God to plant this church, that's exactly what we did. We went all in, we cashed in everything. We moved in faith to a city that we only knew one family when we moved here to be able to plant a life-giving church that was in our heart. And we gave everything and i do it again for you. Because I love you so much. I really do. That's not just lip service. That's not empty words. I love you. And I would give up almost anything for you. But I love them more. And as a dad, I would give up almost anything for you, but I could not give them up for you. Like I couldn't be forced to do that much less choose to do that. And that's exactly what God did for you. He loved you so much that that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what he gave. So never forget that we can give now. We can give spontaneously. We can give strategically. We can give sacrificially. Like we can give now, but make no mistake about it, church. We can never out give God. We can never out give God. We can give, no doubt, but we can never out give God of what he's already given to us. So now, we give because he's already first given to us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And One thing that we love to do here before we get to lunch is to pray and ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? So I'm going to ask you to do that right where you're at, just sitting there and just kind of lean into what God is saying to you. Ask him, what are you, what are you saying to me today? Ask him this, like, what's a next step for me from today? Like, ask him, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe for you, you need to take a next step in your giving. Maybe it's to start giving strategically or sacrificially. Maybe God's speaking to you about that. But maybe for you, your response this week has nothing to do with giving, but it has to do with receiving. Receiving the extravagant gift and the love of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you feel so far from God and you don't have a relationship with him at all, or maybe you once had a relationship with him, but now you feel so distant from God, and today you just need a fresh start, and maybe today you just need to get right with God. You need to receive his grace, receive his love, receive his forgiveness that he's already given through the gift of his son, Jesus. And we wanna give you that opportunity today, and we're not gonna point you out, we're not gonna make you come forward, we're not gonna embarrass you in any way, I just wanna lead you in a very simple but powerful prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, if today you know you need to get right with God or today you need to start or restart your relationship with him, I want you on the count of three to just boldly put your hand up in the air as a sign of faith with nobody looking around, just saying like, no, this is just me and you, God. I need to get right with you. Before I give, I need to receive. And if you're here and you need to receive the grace of God, Whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. One, two, three, just put it up in the air. I got you, I got you. It's awesome, anybody else? I got you, it's awesome. Yeah, I got you, it's awesome. If you're watching online, if that's you, just say, yeah, right where you're at, that's me. You can put your hands down and pray something like this just in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you do what I can't do and change me? And will you make me brand new? God, right now I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you my past, my present, my future, everything. I give you my life, my mistakes. I give you everything. And today I receive your grace. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to follow you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the amazing gift of Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome, big name above all names, name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a big amen. Come on, can you clap your hands? Church, for all those that made that decision. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.